Thanks for joining us for this episode of Step by Step through Mark's Gospel. Hindsight can be a wonderful thing, but would it have made any difference in Jesus' life? What do you think? Our passage for today is Mark chapter 14 and verses 12 to 31. If you get a chance, do give it a read. And to help with that, there is a link to an online Bible in the video description. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of the Sherlock Holmes books, once said, it is easy to be wise after the event. It's so true, isn't it? If you've ever been in a car accident, you probably know the feeling of rerunning everything in your mind. If only you braked instead of accelerated or turned left instead of right. I'm sure if we knew how things would pan out beforehand, we'd do a lot of things differently. But what about Jesus? What about the cross? If he was to do it all again, would Jesus change anything? We might think, yes, death on the cross was a painful end. Jesus was cut off in his prime. Surely he had so much more to give. With hindsight, wouldn't he avoid going to Jerusalem and live to fight another day? There is a problem with that view, though. We're told in the Bible that Jesus knew how things would end before they happened. That's Mark's main point in the verses we're looking at today. They begin with Jesus and his disciples preparing for the Passover meal. Jesus intends to eat it with his disciples. But where? In verse 12, the disciples ask Jesus for the plan. This is what he tells them. He sent two of his disciples telling them, Go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room? Where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples head into the city. But what do you think was going through their heads? If it was me, I'd be a little bit unsure that I'd meet this person with a water jar and they'd be happy for me to use their room for the Passover. Yet in verse 16 we're told, The disciples left, went into the city and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. Jesus knew how things would work out. Next, Mark takes us to the meal that evening. Jesus is around the table with his disciples, and they are eating together. He then punctuates the evening with a shocking statement. Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. Now, we've been prepared for this. In verses 10 and 11, Mark has told us about Judas's plan to betray Jesus. But remember, the other disciples didn't know this. And Judas didn't think that Jesus knew it either. I imagine that the room went pretty quiet at this point. Food, halfway between plate and mouth, would have hovered there while eyes scanned the room. Who? Which one? When? How? In hindsight, you might think that Jesus would have made a point of getting Judas on side. Surely that would be an important step in avoiding the cross. But Jesus wasn't oblivious to what would happen. He knew Judas would betray him. In verses 22 to 25, Jesus takes bread and shares it with his disciples. He does the same with a cup of wine. Now, there's nothing out of the ordinary in that, but there is in the meaning he gives them. Jesus tells his disciples that the bread symbolises his body. 
Then in verse 24, he says of the wine, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. What's Jesus talking about here? Nowadays, blood is something we see when we cut ourselves, or it is something we might donate for medical reasons. In the Bible, there is another significance to blood. In the Old Testament, God had given the people of Israel a system of sacrifices. Here, the blood of an animal, symbolising its life, was given to deal with sin. As Jesus looks to tomorrow, this is how he sees his death. Not as a tragic waste, but as a sacrifice to deal with sin. The future was not a blind spot for Jesus. He knew that he would be led out to die. He knew where it was all going. And yet, he still went. Jesus and the disciples finish their meal and head out to the Mount of Olives. On the way, Jesus makes another statement that would have caught his disciples off guard. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Peter takes issue with this. He's not happy with Jesus' view of him as anything less than dependable and courageous. We see this in his response in verse 29. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. But he was wrong. More to the point, Jesus knew it. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. Again, the message is clear. Jesus knew what would happen. He knew the path that his life would take. There was nothing that hindsight would give him that he didn't already have. So why didn't he do anything to change it? I mean, if it was me, I would. So why not Jesus? Here's the answer I keep coming back to. Jesus actually intends to go to the cross. If Jesus could do it all again, what would he do? I think the answer is exactly the same as he did the first time. Jesus is not trying to avoid the cross here. He is not seeking to run away. He knows what will happen and he willingly and deliberately walks into the trap that has been set for him. Why? We've already thought about the answer to that. Jesus saw his death as a sacrifice for sin. In dying, he would pay the price, allowing others to be forgiven. His death was not something to be avoided. It was the very purpose of his life. What do you think of Jesus here? How does he strike you? Could you have done what he did? Next time we'll get a front row seat for one of the most astonishing prayers in the whole Bible. To be notified, do like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel or on the podcast. Hopefully, see you next time.